you're listening to the Aim to Win podcast. I'm Wade Thomas, and I believe that every one of you has a wealth of potential just waiting to come out. And I'm here to help you reach that potential. So now, here's the Aim to Win podcast. Welcome to the Aim to Win podcast. I'm Wade Thomas, and today I'm delighted to have William Attaway on the podcast with me. William is a leadership coach for Catalytic Leadership LLC, a company he founded to help leaders to intentionally grow and thrive. He has served in local church ministry for nearly 25 years and is currently the lead pastor of Southview Community Church, a church in Herndon, Virginia, near Washington, D.C., We have served since 2004. He holds a PhD in Old Testament with an emphasis on biblical backgrounds in archaeology. He loves to read and speak about leadership, organizational change, archaeology, and building up people and teams. His newest book is Catalytic Leadership, which he released in January of 2022. Originally from Birmingham, Alabama, William now lives in Northern Virginia with his beautiful wife, Charlotte, and her two daughters. So welcome to the podcast, William. Wade, thanks so much for having me on. It's an honor to be with you today. Yeah. So the question I'd like to start out with, so everybody knows who's talking at them, is tell your story. How did you kind of get to where you are and you know, where are you headed? Yeah, I, I, uh, I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, and I attended my first leadership conference when I was 15 years old. I had a high school teacher who saw something in me that I didn't see in myself and invited me to begin to develop that. And that development process has been going on since I was 15 years old. My Life has been about learning from as many leaders as I could, about as much as I could, as often as I could. And so that's really the story of my journey, is one of of learning and growing very intentionally, very purposefully. And that's what I try to help leaders do now. So much has been invested in me over these last three plus decades that I want to take what's been invested in me and begin to share that and pour that into other leaders. And that's why I've been coaching leaders for the last 20 plus years. So kind of like uh, hang it back almost. Yeah, exactly. So can I talk about, talk about the book a little bit, a Catalytic Leadership? What is that all about? You know, I went to college uh, actually as a pharmacy major, if you can believe it. <laughs> uh, I went and took chemistry uh, and then inorganic chemistry and organic chemistry. And when I got to that last one, that was it. I decided this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. In my brief chemistry studies, what I learned was the power of a catalyst. A catalyst is something that you introduce to accelerate or initiate significant change that's going to make an impact. And as I have studied leaders and learned from other leaders and walked my own leadership journey myself, I've learned that every great leader is catalytic. You want to make a significant impact. You want to see change happen. You know what could be and what should be. And you want to be a part of seeing that come to fruition. Excellent. So talk about that a little bit, the, uh, that kind of, you know, wanting to see a significant impact. How, how do leaders do that? Yeah, the, the book is actually a, a collection of 12 different threads that have come out of so many of the coaching conversations that I've had over these last 20 plus years. I've coached leaders in, in government. I've coached leaders who are contractors who work for the government, educators, people in C-suite and solopreneurs and entrepreneurs. And in all of those different places, including nonprofit world, church world, where I spend a lot of my time, I'll tell you, there are principles that transcend no matter what field you're in. And so what I've put in the book is 12 principles that I believe are what make a leader catalytic, what help contribute to you making a significant impact, to being an initiator of change, 
and seeing your efforts bear fruit over time. So, so talk about the principles a little bit. Yeah. So the first one uh, deals with intentional, intentional teachability, right? It's cultivating a teachable spirit. And this is something, again, that, that I have tried to model my whole life. I mean, since I went to that first conference, I was hooked. I wanted to learn more. It starts with understanding that you don't know everything, right? Once you begin to start, you start from there and you approach any opportunity, any circumstance, any situation with that understanding, I don't know it all. Then you approach it from a place of humility. You approach it from a place of teachability. Then and only then are you able to learn and to implement what it is that you're learning. That's a choice. And what I see so often is leaders, especially leaders who've been doing the same thing for a while, they begin to enter a drift and they drift toward mediocrity, right? You've been doing it a while. You know what you're doing. You don't really have to to pour yourself into learning as much as you did in the beginning. So you just start to coast. You just start to drift a little bit. And that drift always ends up in mediocrity. The antidote to that is a teachable spirit approaching every day, every circumstance, every conversation as an opportunity to learn something. Now, sometimes you may learn what not to do. That's okay. That can be incredibly valuable, right? But you approach everything that way, an opportunity to learn. That's a cultivation process. You're cultivating that teachable spirit. That's a daily habit. So I like the idea of kind of that drifting toward mediocrity mm-hmm. and leadership. So what does that look like? How does a leader know that they're in that drift? I think part of it is you're you're no longer excited to get up and do what you do. It just becomes a, a little bit of malaise in you, right? And, and so you, you're not as excited as you once were. It's not as not as exciting of a role. And there's no real new learning happening, right? You're just kind of doing the same thing over and over again. Experience, we often think, makes you better over time. And I think that's a myth. I don't think experience makes you any better at all. I think evaluated experience makes you better, right? But to get evaluated experience, you have to intentionally choose to evaluate. You have to choose to do that. That's part of this process. That's another one of the keys is intentional evaluation, right? Ruthless evaluation. That drift into mediocrity is insidious. And so often you may not even be aware what's going on. This is why I've had a coach. I had a leadership coach myself for many, many years. And the reason is it's very difficult to see the whole picture when you're in the frame. You need an outside perspective. You need somebody from the outside who's going to tell you what you can't see, who's going to help you see it, who's going to ask you questions. Maybe nobody else in your world is going to ask you because you can't see it. You're in it. Yeah. Yeah. They help bring that extra perspective for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so how do you go about um, evaluating the experience? Yeah, I think, I think evaluation is a multi-step process. You know, for, for the team that I lead currently, we evaluate all the time, everything that we do, every event, every opportunity, we're always asking three questions on the other side of it. What went right? What went wrong? And how do we make it better next time? Those three questions, that framework, I think every part, every member of our team could recite those in their sleep because they hear them so often in our team environment. Those are the beginning point. That's where you start. And you say, okay, what went right? Let's celebrate the wins. What's what's rewarded? What's celebrated? That's what happens again. That's what's repeated, right? So we always start with that. We start with the wins. We celebrate what went right. 
Then we talk about where everybody typically starts, which is what went wrong, right? Okay, what, what didn't happen according to the way we planned? What didn't meet expectations? Then we move to how do we make it better next time? What is going to be our intentional plan to address what went wrong or to reinforce what went right to see that happen again? That's the planning piece of this. All three pieces are crucial, but I think you always have to start with what went right. So what experiences are you talking about? In the context that I lead now? Yeah. So, well, in, in general, is it everything you go through or? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. For, for the context I lead now in the local church, it's the weekend experience, right? The weekend services, right? We'll evaluate those every week. We'll ask those questions. It's events that we put on, kids' events, family events. What went right? What went wrong? How do we make it better next time? Everything that we do, we can evaluate. You can evaluate meetings, and I will often do this with one or two trusted people who were in the meeting. Hey, what, what, what were the wins out of that meeting for you? What are the things that you, because I want to get better at leading meetings, right? But don't let it be just that. This can apply to every part of your life. One of the things that I coach leaders to do is adopt a weekly review process, like what David Allen talks about in his book, Getting Things Done. In the weekly review, you're going to look back over your previous week every week, and you're going to evaluate what happened that week, and you're going to process your learnings. And as you process those learnings, that's going to drive those deeper into you so that they will become part of your journey going forward. So the next time you're in a similar situation, you're going to have that learning to help you. Excellent. So, so there's kind of this, if you want to avoid that drift in mediocrity, it kind of means constant change. It does. You know, that, that kind of sometimes makes leaders quiver a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So how, how do you respond to that? I think, I think change is something that people fear when it's not their idea. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been said that nobody likes change except for a wet baby. I understand that. Here's the, here's the thing that leaders have to grab onto and understand and internalize. Change is part of life. Growth only happens on the other side of change. Growth never happens without change. If you want to grow as a leader, if you want your team to grow, if you want your organization to grow, the only way that's going to happen is on the other side of change. So instead of seeing change as the enemy, we see change as a necessary part of the process. Mm -hmm. Right? That's not something that we try to avoid at all costs. Now, in fact, one of the things that I talk about is that you never stop leading change. That's one of the keys of catalytic leadership. You never stop. There's never a point at which you say, okay, this is enough. No more change. No, you never stop. Yeah. Well, what happens if you do stop? <laughs> well, uh, then you will fall into the rut, right? And a rut, I've heard, is just a grave with both ends kicked out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, always have to be changing, right? Absolutely. It's change or die. Yeah. I mean, it's really that simple. So, so there's a wide range of leaders. Leaders are people. Yes. And so every, every leader's kind of got their own personal style, personal background, personal history, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, how does all that fit into their leadership style? I think it starts with discovering your wiring. And this is, this is one of the keys that I talk about in the book. You have to understand how you are intentionally designed and created. You know, we, we, we've, we've all heard probably of the Myers-Briggs personality inventory. Maybe you've heard of Strengths Finders or DISC or even the new working genius stuff that Patrick Lencioni has been working out. All of these things are attempts to help define and understand your wiring. 
every leader is wired a little bit different. Your wiring is your gifts, your passions, your talents, your personality. Maybe you're more introverted. Maybe you're more extroverted. Maybe you have this skill set. Maybe you don't. Maybe you have this over here. All of that contributes to understanding who you are as a leader. The temptation early in your leadership journey is to want to, to pretend that you're like somebody else, right? To try to mimic or copy somebody else. But there's already one of them, right? You need to be you. But that starts with understanding your wiring. That's the beginning, but that's not where it stops for a leader. Because for a leader, you also need to discover and understand the wiring of those you lead. That's how you can best lead them. I think my job as a leader is to help lift up and encourage and empower those I lead to achieve what it is that's in their heart, their dreams, their goals. When we do that, as leaders, we lift them up and help them. What are they going to do? They're going to pour back in and they're going to work harder to accomplish the organizational objectives we're trying to accomplish because we see them as people, not just as one-dimensional cogs in a machine, but as individuals that we want to empower and equip to help them achieve what's in their hearts. That's pretty powerful when you start thinking of people as people. Yes, right? <laughs> Novel idea. Yeah. And that's something. So how do you do that? How do you get into your people's hearts and understand what their goals are and, what, and what's really driving them? I think it starts with listening. And this is a, an underrated leadership skill, perhaps, that, that's not talked about as much as it should be. You know, every week I have a one-on-one -on -one with every one of my direct reports, not because I need something else to do, not because I need more meetings on my calendar, but it's an opportunity for me to listen, right? And they know that time is theirs. I encourage them to come to that time with things that they want to talk to me about. If I have anything I want to talk to them about, of course, I'm going to bring that. But I try to make it clear this time is for you. And I'm going to work into those conversations, questions about, you know, what is it that you want to do next? You know, are, do you want to do this for the rest of your career? Or what is it you want to do next? What's your, what's your ultimate goal? What are your dreams? What are your hopes? And how can I help you get there? And often those questions are all somebody needs to really start to pour out, but you have to listen, right? You have to ask those questions and you have to listen with the intent of understanding that as a leader, as a catalytic leader, your goal is to help empower them and to equip them to reach those goals. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's amazing. Part of empathy is uh, listening, right? Yes. And um, do, you, do you find that sometimes though, they're reluctant to let you get in there, let you uh, see mm -hmm. their personal side? Yes, absolutely. And, and that's part of building trust. You have to create an environment where they feel safe, right? Sometimes they're going to come because they've been burned in another place. They've had a bad experience with another boss or another company or organization. And they're going to come in with their, with their shields up, right? Their guards up. And they're not going to want to let you in at first. That's fine. And maybe you won't ever get all the way in. That's okay. All you can do is what you can do. But, but don't let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can, right? Take advantage of the opportunity you have to meet with them, to talk to them, to help them understand that you see them as a three-dimensional individual, as a human, <laughs> not just as a cog in the machine of this organization where you perform these tasks. When you do that, my experience has been, and the experience of the leaders that I've coached has been, that when you do that, people will respond and they will open up. And most often, they'll welcome the help as you help them to achieve the goals. Yeah, it's, it really is a lot of power behind that, for sure. But where do you think, um, where do you think leaders really go astray here? 
when they um how do they mess this up i think i think the biggest way is when you stop listening when you make yourself inaccessible when you think that leadership is is sitting in an office where you just send out missives and commands and expect everybody else to do what you say um that's not leadership i, I don't know what you want to call that uh that has never been leadership and if there was ever a day when that was okay i don't think there was but if there was that day is long in the rearview mirror right that's where you mess it up you begin to see it as an impersonal dictator role that's not a catalytic leader that's where you're most often going to mess this up you need to be with people you need to understand that people are not distractions from the work people are the work no matter what you do yeah that's that's so true and um but a lot of times leaders are brought up they're promoted because of the work they do mm -hmm. sure and uh, so the you know for most of their career the their value has been you know they they are the value yeah. now as leaders it really becomes the people are the value that's that's an important leap to make i think it is and i think this is part of never for you to never stop learning and growing never stop developing understand that your development as a leader is your responsibility nobody else's right nobody else is waking up thinking about how can i help you grow how can i help you develop as a leader no that's your job that's your responsibility don't try to lay that off on anybody else own it and drive it you know in, in large corporations though you know we tend to send a different message mm. in that we have leadership development plans sure that are put out there by your boss or they're put out there by hr or whatever yeah. it might be how how should you as a leader really be interacting with that should you let hr do that for you i think that's a great starting point i don't think there is a cookie cutter approach to helping people develop and grow i think that has to be something that is customized based on how they're wired based on how you're wired right because you're going to be the one pouring into and investing in them this has to be customized it has to be customized for the individual because they're going to have dreams and hopes and goals that may not align with what hr thinks they should be aimed at okay that's okay maybe they do want to be the the ceo one day okay well now you're a part-time intern okay so that's going to be a few rungs up the ladder but what can we do today to help you start developing some skills what are some some books or podcasts i can recommend that you read and then we'll talk about together uh, what's a conference or a workshop i can send you to that's going to help you begin to get a bigger picture than just your little slice of the pie yeah yeah it's, so it's a collaborative effort right yes absolutely yeah and to your earlier point too often i see leaders abdicate their development yes, yes. yeah because we've got a department for that yeah. <laughs> hr right. will take care of that right exactly no. no sorry that's your job that's part of leadership so <clears throat> the, the leader owns their own development mm -hmm. um how do you recommend they structure that how do they, how do they approach that I think there's there's several elements to it and and this is part of avoiding that drift over time toward mediocrity i think that one of the first elements is what what environments are you in right you choose often the environments that you're in well, what are the conferences and the workshops you're going to what are the books you're reading what are the articles you're digesting what are the podcasts you're listening to like you have an active role in choosing many of those things are you doing that intentionally are you doing it with an end goal in mind or are you just taking the path of least resistance 
That's one element of that. Uh, another element is the people that you spend the most time with. Are you intentionally choosing to spend time with people who are farther down the road than you are that you can learn from, that you can ask questions of? One thing I've done throughout my whole career, in fact, since I was a teenager and I went to that first leadership conference, I've sought out leaders that I can, I, let me buy you a cup of coffee. Let me buy you lunch. And I come with questions prepared. Like I never show up unprepared for one of these because they're giving me their most valuable resource that is non-renewable, their time. And I'm going to come and I'm going to ask questions because I want to learn from them. They're farther down the road than I am. They might help me avoid a ditch by telling me about the ditch they fell into. I'm not going to live long enough to make all the mistakes myself. I'd rather learn from people so I don't hit that particular ditch or this one or that one. So I'm going to ask questions. Are you doing that? Are you, are you putting yourself with people that you can learn from, that you can ask questions of? That's a choice and it takes effort. Yeah, you really are the product of who you surround yourself with. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so how does development, in, in a broader sense, catalytic leadership, how does that change in an environment that's become work from home or hybrid or remote? You know, I, I think the, the same principles apply. I think the environments that you put yourself in matter. Um, I just went to my first conference, my first leadership conference last week, actually, uh, in, since before the pandemic in person. I've attended quite a few remotely uh, yeah. because I wasn't going to let what I couldn't do stop me from doing what I could. So any opportunities that I have, I'm going to avail myself of. And that's part of it. You know, it's easy to say no. It's easy to say, oh, that didn't work out. Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. That's not hard. People do that all the time. The question is, what can you do? I want to get on the solution side of the problem. My development is my responsibility. So I'm going to figure out how to make that work. You know, I've got to commute. Most people have a commute. Even if you work from home, sometimes you've got to commute in. What are you listening to on the commute? I'm going to listen to some podcasts. I'm going to listen to things I can learn from, from people that I might not encounter in any other part of my life. But I can eat the fish and leave the bones as I listen to them. And often I find there's a whole lot of fish if I just listen. Yeah. Learning and growing, right? That's it. Yeah. So I have one more question before I let you get out of here. Yeah. Is, how do people find you? You can go to catalyticleadership.net and find out more about the, the executive and leadership coaching that I do uh, for individuals. Uh, and I'd love to extend an offer to your podcast listeners, right? Um, if you go to catalyticleadershipbook.com, I'd love to give a free copy of my new book to anybody who goes to that site and puts their information in. If you cover the cost of the shipping, I'll get that book out to you. My goal is to get this into as many hands as I can. These are principles that I've learned in my own journey and from my clients, those people that I've coached over the last 20 plus years. And I want other people to benefit from those. Right? I think that's the value of experience when we share it. Other people get to benefit. Yep, absolutely. That's a, that's a great offer. I encourage all the listeners to take advantage of that. We, we do like free stuff here on aim to win <laughs> so, well, thank you for taking time with us today. It's been a lot of really great tidbits in there. Wait, it's just, it's been an honor and a joy. Thanks so much for having me on your show. And thank you for listening to the Aim to Win podcast. As always, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and like, subscribe, and all that good stuff. <laughs>